if Kenny Lake doesn't play now, you're going to be a, you're going to be a circus side act. You're going to be a carnival act. You're going to be, you know, the bearded lady. And no, nobody wants to see the bearded lady. And welcome back to the Wild Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me is my co-host, as always, Robert Munoz. It's a great episode we've got on tap for you. Robert's going to break down everything that he learned, saw, heard, whatever it may be. He's going to share some great information about the Wyoming high school football games that were played last week. Maybe even an update on our old pal and last week's guest, Brock Storbo. I'm going to ask him a couple questions. He's going to answer those. And then we will get to an interview that we conducted on Wednesday before the Mountain West presidents and everybody involved with that get together to vote on a fall season. We talked to college football insider from Stadium, Brett McMurphy about the Mountain West Conference and the college football landscape across the country and what it's like to be reporting on COVID-19 situations. Certainly not something that you probably anticipated as a sports journalist. So we've got that. And then to wrap up the pod, we just need to take a moment and observe how great Josh Allen has been in the first two weeks of this NFL season. He's been spectacular, unbelievably spectacular. Stefan Diggs has unlocked him in a way that I don't think you could have even anticipated. He is an absolute stud so far, and I'll just give it away now. I think he's the front runner for NFL MVP. I know you're reading all the headlines for Russell Wilson and everything along those lines. He deserves some votes, but right now, Josh Allen is my NFL MVP. Now, I may be a little bit biased and a bit of a homer, but who cares? Josh Allen for NFL MVP after two weeks of this 2020 NFL season. But before we get into all of that, first, Robert, how are you doing today? David, my man, what's, what's happening over there? Getting ready for your move over to Wyoming, coming back to the old 307, the Cowboy State. How's it going? How's it? How's the how's the packing and everything going? It's going well. It's going well. A little personal news: I have accepted a job to be a TV reporter at KCWY in Casper, and I'm sorry about any dog noises that you might hear. I don't know what's going on with my dog, but she's all riled up, and so are the neighbors' dogs. And I'm recording this and. So if you hear any dog noises, that's what's happening. Who knows what's going on. But personal news, if you live in the Casper area, I will be on your local newscasts, hopefully from time to time, on KCWY. So that's exciting for me. Got most of the stuff packed, but now I got to repack it or whatever. I'm I'm not totally sure. I'm not in charge of the moving. So... That, that's not my department. I just know that I got to be ready to go at some point whenever my girlfriend decides that is. You're looking good. You're looking like you're ready for the the old 
TV ready to be in front of the camera there, man. Well, I appreciate that. Let's just dive in. Enough about me. We can talk about me all day. I've, I've got enough words on myself. I'm just kidding. Let's talk about the Wyoming high school football games from this past Friday. Just just give me a general overall rundown of what, what occurred in uh, with the Cheyenne high schools. Well, I was able to cover a great game between Cheyenne Central and Thunder Basin. It was, yeah, man, it was a good game between the top two teams in the state in Class 4A, and Central prevailed on their home turf. Risky Field and Cheyenne, they, I mean, they took care of business. Their head coach, Mike Apodaca, after the game, he said it was the first time he felt his team, his offense had been explosive for the entire game. And yeah, man, it was just a terrific game to cover. There was a, it was back and forth, back and forth scoring affair, especially there in the first half. And Central's, Central's for real is what it seems like. They are undefeated through the first four games of the season for the first time since 2009, over a decade. So that's, I mean, they're making a whole lot of noise and cross town. Cheyenne East, they, uh, put a put a stomping on Laramie. Wasn't a big test for East. I mean, every week's a test, but it wasn't as big of a test for East as they have this week versus the Sheridan Bronx. The Thunderbirds are traveling north for a nice matchup there, the number three and the number four teams in the state. So hopefully East can, I mean, uh, which team impressed you the most this past week? It sounds like Central is kind of the team that you're coming around on. I know you were high on them coming into the season, but I don't know if you thought they were going to be as good as they've shown us so far. Yeah, I wasn't really aware either of Central's talent and their uh, chemistry. I remember we talked to Brock and we were like, I asked him, I was like, and I asked Brock um, about their team chemistry and yeah, man, and it's it's there. It's definitely there. Central has impressed. Central has impressed. Uh, I mean, I think everybody so far this season they've beaten Thunder Basin, Sheridan, and Atrona. Those are three of the top four or five teams in the state. All that's left is, I mean, next is East. They're going to play East here. I think in three weeks or so so that'll be that'll be a it's gonna be a great game but yeah going back to that chemistry I talked to uh one of Central's receivers post game Andrew Johnson and he said he had this great play he took a bubble screen to the house for the touchdown Central's first score of the game and he said that wasn't me man that was my blockers those were my blockers my blockers made that play and that just goes to show and what we asked Brock about, about his team, about the team's chemistry and everything surrounding Central. So they're definitely really, I mean, like I said, just a couple minutes ago, they're making a lot of noise. Yeah, it seems like they have a really cohesive unit and they just get along. That's always big time, especially at the high school level, any level of sports, really. If your teammates or your friends, you're going to have a lot more fun playing, and that usually shows up in the result. Any surprising results from last Friday's action? 
Surprising? No, I mean, not from what I noticed, not from not from what I read. So I couldn't say anything was surprising. I think the teams that were supposed to win won. All right, well, then give us a player who really shined last week. Tell us about that kid, what they did on Friday, and who that is. Well, I'm going to have to, I don't know, I don't, it's just recency bias maybe because I was at the game and I watched the game, but we just talked about Andrew Johnson. He had an amazing game. I think he had six receptions, 170 yards, touchdown. And Carlos Lovato is another player. I know Jeremiah talks about how much of a player he is all the time, how great of a player he is. Um, he had two rushing touchdowns and he threw one pass to Brady Storbo on a halfback pass. It was, I mean, it was it was it was fun to watch. But over for Cheyenne East, there, I mean, Jackson Hesford, one of the receivers, he's doing big things over there. He's putting up a lot of statistics, man. There are a lot of players around Cheyenne, and I mean, I know there are definitely a lot of players around the state who are showing out. Well, it's good that the level of play is really high, and there are a bunch of competitive teams this year. It seems like so far, based on what's transpired, Central is the team to beat. Obviously, it's an early it's early in the season, and it's a long season, so there's there's some ways to go, but anything that happened Friday that really changed how you feel about how it's going to, how, how it's going to unfold at the end. Yeah, David, anybody can go out and win it this season. It's anybody's year. I mean, by anybody, I mean the top five teams in class 4A, which is Cheyenne East, Cheyenne Central, Thunder Basin, Atrona Sheridan. One thing that just kind of, uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think, it's just so tough to go undefeated in a season, you know? And I think it's better to lose early in the season rather than later. So hopefully that's not the case for case for Cheyenne Central as they begin to play these lower-level teams. And, I mean, they're probably going to be blowing a lot of these teams out, let's be honest. Yeah, it's certainly tough to go undefeated and – It'll be something to watch if they do have a chance to go undefeated down the stretch. Just let us know. Then we'll get to Brett McMurphy on the Mountain West potential football season and the whole national college football landscape at large, if you would. What what do we need to look forward to on Friday with Friday's games? Well, I just mentioned... East is traveling north to play Sheridan, and that's definitely the game of the week. Um, I'll be covering Cheyenne Central and Cheyenne South. I'm sure Central will come away with the victory in that game, and no Laramie is hosting Kelly Walsh over there down the road, down Interstate 80. That could be a good game if, I mean, if Laramie, Laramie has a good game. But, yeah, absolutely – we're looking, all eyes are on Chan, East, and Sharon up there. Obviously, a lot of attention will be paid to that East and Sheridan game. But what will you be focusing on in the game that you're covering on Friday? I just hope South can get some points on the board, make it a little bit more competitive than what it will probably be like. Poor Cheyenne South, I feel bad. 
but I mean, they're still showing up to practice. They're still, they're still fighting. Yeah, no doubt. They're definitely competing. Can't wait to get the recap on that game next week. I'm sure there will be some big plays from Central. So look forward to that next week. Look forward to watching the games on Friday, hopefully. And then right now, we've got Brett McMurphy, college football insider from Stadium. So we won't take any time away from that. Just go ahead, enjoy this interview, and know that we are excited about the opportunity for Mountain West football and the University of Wyoming to come back sooner rather than later. Thrilled to be joined now by college football insider from Stadium, Brett McMurphy. Brett, how are you doing today? Great. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited to have you. You've been one of the few guys out here covering the Mountain West's possible return to play for football this fall season. So I want to start with the obvious. How much was the Mountain West influenced by the Big Ten's decision to reverse course and have a fall football season? Uh, You know, certainly I think that played a part of it. How much, I'm not sure. But I think at that point, you know, with the Big Ten coming back and then, you know, the Pac-12 trying to come back, you know, before that happened, you had six leagues that were playing, you had four leagues that were not playing. So if you weren't playing, you kind of weren't by yourself. There were other other conferences and schools out there, certainly out west, um, you know, with the Mountain West schools. But then when the Big Ten came back and then the Pac-12, you know, with suddenly then, it's, you know, the Mountain West, the Mid-American, I think you got to the point then where they're like, you know, we've got to play now because, if any league doesn't play now, you're going to be a you're going to be a circus side act. You're going to be a carnival act. You're going to be, you know, the bearded lady, and no, nobody wants to see the bearded lady because if you don't play and you're the only league that doesn't play, uh, you're not going to play in the spring by yourself because the only other league that would be playing would be FCS. Um, you know, it's not fair, but you know, you would be again, you would be like a side show or a freak show, and also not that not to mention how much that would impact recruiting, how much that would impact your your athletes who, you know, would then have to turn around if you're going to try to play in spring and then play again in the fall. Uh, I'm sure you'd have a ton of guys enter the transfer portal. So, again, I think if the president of the Mountain West can deem that it's safe enough to go forward, they're going to do everything they can, just as the Pac-12 and the Mid-American you know, expect to do also is to play somehow, some way in the fall. Um, certainly it's going to be a unique season. It's going to be, you know, you've got the Air Force situation. They won't be able to play all eight games like everybody else because they already have a game scheduled with the Army, which they cannot and will not cancel. So, um, you know, I think, you know, that played a part of it. Once everyone kind of figured out, wait, everyone's going to try to do this, and everybody's like, we don't want to be the, we don't want to be the only guys that aren't playing in the fall. You mentioned Air Force. They were kind of gearing up to play the other two service academies this fall. So they've been practicing. Do you think that there'll be a, an advantage over the other schools in the conference? You know, I don't think so. I mean, they're playing Navy uh, October 3rd. They played Army November, uh, mid-November, I think the 17th or the 7th. Don't hold me to that. I'm not looking at a calendar. So, um, 
you know, the, the Mountain West season wouldn't start until October 24th. So they're going to have three weeks between the Navy game and the start of the Mountain West season. So, you know, um, all the other teams will be practicing as well in the Mountain West at that point. So I don't think it would be a huge advantage. And also, you know, um, you know they're not going to be going at – I'm sure they're not going to be going at it um, at full bore because then you're going to be wearing your kids out in practice for three weeks before you play your next game. So um, I really don't think that I have a big impact. I think, you know, a bigger impact is how many how many teams, uh, you know, lose guys because of COVID and how that in- impacts their depth chart and, uh, you know, stuff like that. You tweeted that the Mountain West is optimistic of a season, but how realistic do you think it is that they really do get those eight games played? Well, they'll schedule them, whether whether they play them or not. We'll have to find out. I mean, you know, just just this week we've seen um, Houston and North Texas has been canceled. Arkansas State, Tulsa. There may be others um, canceled. Wake, Wake Forest and Notre Dame was canceled. So, you know, they'll schedule them. Will they play them? That's, that's where it gets tricky because, you know, if, if they don't do daily testing in the Mountain West and then you're basing, you know, the, the positives and then contact tracing. That, that's the biggest thing that, that really hurts these schools is, you know, you may have three or four kids test positive, but then when you do contact tracing and that, that could sideline another, you know, half a dozen or dozen players, and then, you know, suddenly your entire offensive line isn't practicing and you can't play games. So, um, you know, I, I would be shocked if any league plays their entire schedule. Uh, certainly, you know, the ACC has already had disruptions. The Big 12 has had disruptions. Uh, Conference USA, uh, you know, the SEC doesn't start until Saturday. So we'll have to see, you know, how they go. Um, the Sun Belt certainly has had disruptions. So I would be more surprised if they don't have game cancellations, um, you know, to be quite honest. I want to ask you a question regarding the national landscape. Um, say – the teams get through the season and there's a college football playoff. How sympathetic can you see the selection committee being for teams that have kind of dealt with COVID cases and kind of may have lost a couple of games or practices and that, and that matters. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, I voted in the AP poll, so certainly my vote doesn't impact who goes to the playoff, but you know, I, I'll be doing the same thing. And I think, you know, do you, you know, that, that's going to be a, it's a great question and you could ask a hundred people and probably get a hundred different answers. What, what are you going to value most? I mean, even in a, even in a regular season when, you know, the, the guys and gals on the, on the committee, you know, do their, their rankings. Uh, it's, it's subjective. It's a beauty contest. And it's the same thing with the AP poll. And, you know, I put out my my AP ballot every Sunday, and then I turn off my turn off my laptop and my Twitter machine because I know the responses are "you an idiot" because you didn't rank my team high enough. <laughs> so nobody ever agrees with the ranking. So now you now you take into consideration where you know what if we get to the end of the season and we've got you know nine and one Georgia against uh, you know seven and zero Ohio State. You know who's who's to say should Georgia be penalized because of one loss and they play three more games? Um, it would you know get into the strength of schedule. You know who played the tougher strength of schedule? Well, we don't know because 
there are hardly any non-conference games, so you can't compare strength of conferences. So yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be the like the old days back in the seventies where it was so so subjective and you know there were a lot of disagreements and um, you know but you know what if I said this a few months ago I said I I, I would rather be hear people belly aching about how their team got screwed or this team had an easy schedule or this team doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs compared with the alternative and that is no college football. So I'll put up with it, but, uh, you know, it should be uh, make for, you know, plenty of storylines uh, throughout the season. You mentioned reporting on so many different cancellations around the country. How weird is that for you as a reporter to report that a game has been canceled due to COVID? Uh, it's not really weird. You know, I'm a, a national reporter, so I try to, you know, get as much national news as I can. I'm based in Florida, but, you know, I try to report, you know, from Pac-12 Mountain West all the way, you know, across the country, whatever I can. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, that that is, you know, news now. I know a lot of people, you know, feel that some reporters have, in, have agendas as far as, reporting COVID, positive tests, and those sort of things. And look, you know, if if the school puts out the information and they have no positive tests, then I will tweet it, I'll report it. And if a school puts out that they have 50 positive tests, I will report it and I'll tweet it. So I'm just trying to provide the information. People can, you know, people are obviously going to think what they want to think. Um, but I try to, you know, keep my opinions out of, out of that stuff as far as the COVID. Um, and just basically, here's the information, you know, that's been provided by the schools, and you know, and then <laughs> stay away from the comment section because that's uh, it gets kind of sad and comical in a weird way. Um, but it's you know, it's obviously something I, that I had never really, never really did before. I mean, the only the only thing that is even close to it is kind of like trying to report injuries for uh, star players or coaches get fired, you know, those sort of things. But certainly we've never had anything, uh, you know, similar to what we're doing now. To kind of add on that, Brett, I know you've been covering uh, college football for many, many years. How crazy, old. <laughs> How crazy has this year been for you? It has to be the craziest year you've had covering college football, right? It really has. Um it's weird because each when we thought there wasn't going to be football, um, when it looked that way, it's been, and you, I, I know you guys can, can probably, you know, appreciate this or relate to this, but it, it's like in a regular season, you know, there's the ebb and flow of news and, you know, certain days are slow and then other days there could be a lot of news with injuries or, you know, players getting benched or whatever the situation may be. But then you get towards the end of the season and, you know, okay, you need to keep track of all the coaching changes. But with everything going on with COVID, with whether teams are going to play, whether schools are going to be in session, whether uh, schools would play if they're online courses only, to will conferences play if all, the, if all the members in the conference cannot play, with our states going to allow, you know, specific schools to play. I mean, it's, it's literally been, you know, it's weird, but it's been like every day you get almost a week's worth of news coming out every day. Um, and it's, it's, it's been bizarre. It's, it's, 
it's crazy. Hopefully, you know, we get through this season. Hopefully, next year everything you know returns to normal, and we have a regular season without the interruptions. But yeah, I don't. You know, I, I would never wish this on anyone having to try to, to cover all this stuff and report about it. Obviously, there's a lot of serious issues with with the virus and all that. So I'm not trying to say that what I'm dealing with isn't comparable to that. But just as far as reporting, yeah, it's been it's been like a coaching search, conference realignment. Um, you know, all rolled into one on steroids. <laughs> Well, we certainly appreciate you keeping up with everything and for taking some time to talk with us. I want to wrap it up here with one more question about the Mountain West. We're talking here on Wednesday, and that's a day before the presidents from the conference are supposed to get together on Thursday. You reported yesterday on Tuesday that all 12 schools plan to play, which was kind of a change from what you had initially reported what do you think changed for the schools that were maybe tentative? Well, again, I think all the schools want to play. Again, it, it, and what I reported initially was there was there were some unknowns, and not that schools were not played, playing, but the unknowns was Fresno State, Air Force, and Hawaii. Well, Hawaii, literally that same day, their government changed the, the travel restrictions that they had. Yeah, I think before it was if you if you left excuse me, you came into the state, obviously from another state, everybody does. You had to quarantine for two weeks. Um, I think they I think they have, you know, revised that or reduced that, that time. There's certainly no teams are going to come in and quarantine for two weeks before playing Hawaii. Um, and so then Hawaii then obviously would not be able to go play road games because then when they came back, they'd have to quarantine for two weeks. So that changed. Uh, the thing with Air Force, and I still don't understand it completely, but basically, you know, the NCA said that any players that play this year, you don't lose a year of eligibility. So if you're a junior, you're still a junior next year. Well, I believe that for the military academies, that's not the case. Um, they do not grant you an additional year. So um, there, they are some individuals, I guess, that were part of the football program that maybe um, had not enrolled or were partially enrolled. Again, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on this, but there were some challenges on would they have enough players or would these, could these players be held back or um, similar to kind of like redshirting or something like that. Um, and so certainly those issues got worked out. Fresno State, I believe, has not even, um, as of last week, I don't know if they have even reported to, to school yet. Um, and so that's kind of the, the situation they were in. So if they haven't reported to school yet, how are they gonna how are they gonna, you know, be able to practice and be able to play in front? And I think um, you know, they're prepared to go ahead and, and play. So again, when we talk kind of similar to when we talked about all these conferences, none of the conferences wanna be the one that's not playing. But certainly if your conference is playing, you don't want to be the school that's not playing either. So Again, I think New Mexico is in a similar situation. I didn't mention them. You know, they, their state governor has said you can't have gatherings of more than 10 people. You know, try to play a football game, <laughs> you got 11 in the huddle. So um, that's certainly something that has to change. Um, so again, these, these schools, I believe they only want to play if it's kind of the state and local government restrictions and, and health guidelines. 
it would keep them from playing. But again, from from the sources I talked to, said that they are all they're all planning to play. Now that certainly could change if the if the uh, health regulations don't allow that in, in any of those states. Well, America's own college football insider Brett McMurphy from Stadium, thank you so much for your time and for the information. Really, just looking forward to some Mountain West Conference football, maybe hopefully this fall. Yeah, I hear you. I hope you have fun too. So, um, appreciate you having me, and uh, you guys stay safe. I hopefully, uh, yeah, we flip on the TV uh, next month and watch some Mountain West games. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Brett McMurphy from Stadium, a college football insider. He's been on the forefront of breaking news when it comes to the return of play for the Mountain West Conference, so we were glad he was able to give us some time in between reporting on COVID-19 cancellations around the country. There have been a lot of them this week, which is Kind of my main concern, if you're going to try and squeeze an eight-game or seven-game schedule in this fall, really don't know how you're going to play, hopefully, more than four or five games. But any games will be games that we will watch and we will take and we will be happy with. So can't complain too much. Just excited to see University of Wyoming get a shot this fall and maybe everybody only ends up playing five games, so it doesn't matter. Who knows? We shall see. That's future problems, future things to debate. Right now, though, there is no debate. Josh Allen is an absolute monster. He has dominated the NFL through the first two weeks of the NFL season. He was actually named AFC Offensive Player of the Week It was the third time he's gotten such an honor. He's gotten it all three times after playing the Miami Dolphins. So you know he loves going down and playing the Dolphins. He finished 24 for 35 with 415 passing yards and four touchdowns. Four touchdowns against the Dolphins. They won 31-28. That was to follow up his unbelievable game against the New York Jets when we were all like, how's he going to continue to keep up this accuracy? How's he going to keep up this completion percentage? Now I know what you're saying. It's the Dolphins. Who cares? Dolphins and the Jets. They're also Rans, has-beens, haven't won games in a long time. Well, I care. Okay, because every single team at the NFL level is good. Now, I'm not always going to tell you that, but they're at least out there competing and trying to earn a paycheck, earn a living. And Josh Allen is making them reconsider that so far through the first two weeks of the NFL season. He's been unbelievable. And I know you probably watched Sunday Night Football. You saw Russell Wilson dice up. Stephon Gilmore and the New England Patriots and everything Bill Belichick had to throw at him. He's throwing over the top. He's doing everything he can to make it known that he should be the MVP. But I I truly, in my heart of hearts, think it's Josh Allen, without a doubt. He's going to have an easier schedule than the rest of the, the teams in the NFL. The Bills are Super Bowl contenders for a reason this season. 
everybody coming into this season was saying how Josh Allen is the only thing holding them back. Well, I think it should be amended. Josh Allen is the guy that's going to lead them to a Super Bowl. He's carrying guys on his back. Literally, I'm sure you've seen the clip of him just bowling over Miami Dolphins linebackers. I know he may or may not have fumbled at the end of the clip. It wasn't a fumble in the game. They said his forward progress had been stopped, so doesn't count as a fumble. If it doesn't count as a fumble, it's not a fumble, all right? Robert's got Josh Allen on his fantasy team, at least one of them. I know he's happy with what he's seen. What have you seen from Josh Allen that has just impressed you the most? Yeah, Josh Allen, they're just trucking Kyle Van Noy for the Miami Dolphins, the former New England Patriots linebacker. So Josh Allen doesn't care which AFC East team these guys are playing on. He's he's just going out there demolishing whoever is in front of him. What is he throwing like 70% completion percentage and everyone is, his accuracy has gotten a lot better for sure. You can see that, huh? And, uh, been we've been uh, talking a little bit about how Drew Locke is inaccurate. Maybe he can step up to the plate and get some of that Josh Allen momentum going when he returns from his injury, obviously, and carry that into the next season. It certainly helps when you've got an elite receiver in Stefan Diggs with put a receiving core over the top that was pretty good with Cole Beasley and John Brown, but Stefan Diggs is the true superstar receiver it'll be a huge test for him on sunday they go and they host the los angeles rams on sunday now a few years ago jalen ramsey was caught no he admitted that he thought josh allen was trash simply put just trash you trash bro that's basically all he has to say about josh allen and jalen ramsey with was with the Jacksonville Jaguars when he said that. Now he's with the Rams, so we'll have that little mini in-game rivalry renewed on Sunday. Can't wait to watch that. Can't wait to see Josh Allen make Jalen Ramsey eat his words. It's not many guys that can shut up Jalen Ramsey. We'll see if Josh Allen can do it on Sunday. I believe that he will. I believe that he will. I'm, I'm predicting right now, He's going to run for 50 yards. He's going to throw for 300 yards, no interceptions, and he's going to have three touchdowns, whether they're all on the ground or all passing. I don't know. Josh Allen is going to prove against a good team, against a good defense on Sunday, why he will be the NFL MVP this year. Well, I sure hope so. I sure hope he has those stats this week because I'm going against you in fantasy. I just realized about an hour ago. So hopefully Josh Allen does. I mean, hopefully hopefully he just perform at that level against you this week, David. There's not a doubt in my mind that he's going to go off against me in fantasy this week. I have no prayer against Robert. I, I I don't even want to get into that. I'm so miserable about fantasy football. It's just, it's a heartbreaker for everybody. I'm sure everybody's rosters have been affected by all of the major injuries around the NFL. Book it right here, right now. Come at me if I'm wrong. Josh Allen, 300 yards, 50 rushing. 
at least 350 total yards and no interceptions may fumble i'm not going to i'm not going to absolve him from any blame or yeah he he's probably going to have a turnover but it may be fumbling it's just not going to be through the air and it's not going to be to Jalen Ramsey okay Jalen Ramsey will have to amend his feelings about Josh Allen after Sunday's game. I am that confident. I am extremely confident in his ability to get it done this Sunday. And then after that... Knock on wood, David. After that, in two weeks, he'll be on primetime in Thursday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs. So he will have an opportunity to show everyone, everyone, everywhere, no regional miss in that game, Park your keister in front of a TV on October 15th when he goes off against the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. I can't wait. I'm tuned in from now until the end of the season to every Josh Allen game. If I wasn't already, I'm I'm on the MVP hype train. Okay, I don't know where it started. I don't know if anybody else is out there saying it, but I'm saying it here on the Y.O. Sports Podcast, he will win the NFL MVP this season. I am unbelievably, absurdly confident. So with that, if you disagree with me, catch me on Twitter at Mr. David Graff. Catch Robert on Twitter at rmunoz307. Tell us I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Tell me anything. I don't care. I'm going to back it up. I believe wholeheartedly in his ability to get it done for Buffalo this season based on what I've seen in two games, two games against the Dolphins and the Jets. I'm I'm unbelievably confident. So with that, we'll wrap up this episode. Next week, we're going to start Rivalry Month. We have Utah head football coach Kyle Whittingham on the podcast. It's going to be a fantastic episode. We'll have more definitive news, hopefully, about how the Mountain West Conference votes as to whether or not there will be a fall football season. It's looking overwhelmingly like it's going to happen. I'm really excited for that. Nobody wants to be left out. Nobody wants to be the bearded lady at the circus or the clown, as Brett McMurphy eloquently put it. So looking forward to that next week. Please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We love it. The numbers are increasing. We love to see that, so we really appreciate all of the support out there. And if you want to throw a few shekels, please do so in the description of the podcast. Really appreciate everyone that has done that so far. And shout out to Shakewell for the music. And we'll see you next week.
Baby 